Uh, right, high time we went to uh, join our uh, chum, uh, John Bonfilio, who's in uh, Mexico and uh, joins us now. Uh, John, a very good evening to you. Hey, Martin, how are you? Oh, I'm not too bad at all. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Week six of the uh, yeah. of the alcohol ban here, so we're, I'm beginning to tremble. But beyond that, all good. Wow. Wow. So it's a, a strict uh, alcohol, I mean, not so much a lockdown we've got, but um, a strict alcohol ban. No corona, no, yeah. any, no booze of any sort. No booze of any yeah, sort, zero um, allowed, and production has, has uh, been cancelled across the country. Apparently it's going to begin again in a week or so. But, but actually it's been interesting to see how the authorities have actually managed to to control and, and, and clamp down here, which actually was a bit of a, a surprise to me. I mean, the upside is it's been great for my home brew, but beyond that, um, definitely not ideal. So, so you are still brewing yourself a little bit of something? Yeah, I mean, you just need sugar and yeast, don't you, is my understanding. <laughs> well, I hope it turns out well. I hope it turns out well for you, John. Uh, I wouldn't care to drink it myself, but, you know, best of luck with it. Now, the the big story this week, so we've seen it in our papers as well, um, this is the fact that the, the states uh, are trying to distance themselves from what was uh, a failed invasion of Venezuela. Uh, they tried to, uh, because obviously, as we know, they're supporting um, Juan Guaido, Aren't they? Uh, and they say he's the uh, real leader of uh, Venezuela. And uh, they, there was an operation to capture Maduro and liberate Venezuela, which they're saying is n not us, Gov, nothing to do with us. Yeah, absolutely. Operation uh, Gideon, referring to the Bible story where some small forces of, of Israel, Israelites conquered against a much, a much bigger force. I mean, I think calling it an invasion is definitely a little bit at the, you know, the far end of the, of the scale. And still, to be honest, information that's coming out is still very murky. And as you know, and as we've spoken about on your program before, it's not as though we can really take what the Venezuelan authorities are saying, you know, at face value. And equally, I don't think we can take what the U.S. authorities say. About about Venezuela at face value either. I mean, if we break it down into what what we actually know, we know that a group of um, Venezuelan defectors who were uh, holed out and undergoing military training in, in Colombia, which is kind of on side with, you know, with a hawkish Trumpian administration, etc., and two ex-US uh, servicemen um, basically got involved in some kind of in, incursion in La Guaira, which is the the coastal spot, which is closest to Colombia. And it seems as though the Venezuelan government already knew all about it because they, they didn't even get to shore. They were captured offshore. Um, there was apparently, although we're not sure about this, a number of people killed as well. And along with the two ex-U.S. servicemen that were captured, there were another eight uh, Venezuelan defectors who were also paraded in front of the cameras, a few of whom were not new to us because we'd seen them before in various video footage high-profile video footage from defections last year and the failed coup, etc. And then meanwhile, there was this video released which um, featured two names that now we've seen we're never going to be able to forget, which are a guy called Jordan Goudreau, and who runs a, um, a private military company called Silvercore. And private military companies, you know, even on a good day, uh, are murky uh, in terms of what they, they get involved in. But they mm. were stating that they'd, that they'd um, released a number of different uh, forces, uh, you know, whether you want to call them mercenaries or, or not, but in, under paid employ into, into Venezuela. But it all went 
um, completely wrong. And then at that point, Venezuela starts releasing footage with the two uh, ex-US servicemen who totally, um, you know, brazenly say that Trump and Guaido were behind it all. They hold up contracts. I mean, how... You know, mercenaries take contracts in on uh, on uh, on ribs in the middle of an attack. But you know, by the by, and they say that uh, that it was officially mm. sanctioned, and that's that's where we are at the moment. Is that as you say correctly that the U.S. authorities are desperate to distance themselves from uh, from the situation, and the Venezuelan authorities are desperate to to pin it on the U.S. authorities. Yeah, uh, and clearly in that region that you're in, uh, that whole region, governments are—I uh, mean, as they are in uh, you know in the rest of the world, governments are you know battling against coronavirus at the um, all the time in whichever country you, you like to look at. Uh, but in the midst of all that, as governments are distracted, uh, the narcos, the the drug gangs, are sort of stepping in, and I, I gather they're they're sort of uh, earning people's uh, people's trust by giving free food uh, out at this time when uh, you know when everybody's worried about uh, coronavirus and uh, how we're all going to survive absolutely we, we've been talking about secondary effects of the coronavirus pandemic uh, i mean i guess internationally but certainly across the region for for a while now and then these uh, these parallel uh, power structures stepping into play and it's no great surprise that the cartels are delivering aid packages uh, in and around their communities. What's been really staggering, though, over the course of the last couple of weeks is how they are branded aid packages. I mean, in particular, uh, Alejandrina Guzman, El Chapo Guzman's, one of El Chapo Guzman's daughters, has been very happy to be photographed um, giving out packages to people, taking selfies for social media, very famous image, obviously, of, of El Chapo on the boxes. But it's not just them. It's, it's cartels up and down the country that are doing this. And perhaps... The surprising, interesting thing to come from this is that the branding that the cartels are employing, you would think is to make sure that people know that it's one cartel over the other. But it's actually not. It's to make people know and let them uh, be sure of the fact that it's not government support that they are getting, that it is cartel support that they are getting um, to make it very clear that when something like this happens it's the cartel that's going to support you and not the government and it's the cartel that you should be supporting and standing behind rather than the government yeah and, and just to uh, to sort of underline um how how much drug uh, traffic there is i noticed a story i don't know whether you, you this this had any traction where you are john but um honduran authorities um one of your neighbor countries central america honduran authorities seized 211 kilograms of cocaine from a speedboat in a joint operation with the us and uh, colombia uh, the the boat was called the Little Mermaid, so an ironic name for the boat, um, escaped after spotting the authorities in the Caribbean Sea. Uh, but that's a phenomenal amount of cocaine, isn't it? I mean, I was just trying to work out what 211 kilograms is. It's, it's almost three times my weight. That's, a, that's yeah. an awful, I'm about 80 kilograms, so it's uh, two and a half times my weight. That's an awful lot of cocaine. I was going to say it's definitely more than you and I can carry, Martin, uh, on, even on a good day. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Honduras is a weird one because actually um, it's no surprise. Honduras has had a, a, a good relationship uh, with the U.S. For, for a long time now in the sense that um, 
it's seen as the kind of stable partner in the region, and a lot of the Honduran military, etc., get trained uh, up in the U.S. Uh, but, but by the same token, it means that there's fairly good links up to North America, and actually the corruption goes right up to. It's not going to surprise you to the highest echelons. And actually, um, the the president's brother is in prison in Miami on drugs charges, and the president of Honduras has been incriminated for for the same thing. Whilst at the same time being Washington's favourite president in in the region. So it's kind of no surprise that, um, that this is happening and that Honduras is a bridge, if you like, to uh, to the US. But uh, when, as we know, when, when the cartels do something, they don't do it by halves. And if they're going to shift stuff around, they're going to do it in a, in a, in a significant way. <laughs> and perhaps more more um, remarkable is the fact that that is a you know that significant quantity is going to be a drop in the ocean to to the cartels. Uh, I mean those quantities are often actually given away by the by the cartels deliberately to to law enforcement in order to get them to look the other way uh, from what's actually happening and what the actual routes are. It's very rare anywhere in the region for law enforcement to uh, via investigation or accident to actually happen upon some kind of find or arrest that the cartels haven't alerted them to um, ahead of time. Yeah. Well, clearly it's not that. I mean, it, it just seemed the, the amount seemed uh, huge to me. But as you say, dropping the ocean uh, to them and uh, and clearly not that unusual in that it only made uh, made one paragraph in the newspapers. But I just thought it was interesting for us because uh, Honduras is a country we very rarely uh, talk about. So, you know, it's uh, is it a, a bit more stable than some of the other? I know you, you know you mentioned the corruption, but is it a bit more stable than some of the other regimes in uh, that part of the world? Not, not really. It just, as you say, doesn't really get a mention. But essentially, there's, there's, um, I mean, you've got there in the region, you've got Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua that are kind of regarded roughly in the same, in the same way. Uh, but Honduras definitely gets more infrastructural support from, uh, from, from the U.S. and therefore perhaps has more of a, of a handle, if you like, on, um, on crime. Uh, on what would we, we would regard as ordinary crime. But actually, that's just replaced with state-sponsored crime and vigilantism and, and, and the like. So it doesn't look any different on the ground. And, and in terms of people coming up from the Northern Triangle and from Central America to, to, to the U.S., you get as many people coming up from, uh, from Honduras as you do from Nicaragua, etc. It's just who's behind it and who talks about it. And there's no vested interest uh, with the powers that be talking about bad things happening in Honduras, but politically, absolutely there is in the context of bad things happening in the likes of Nicaragua. Indeed. Uh, John, thank you ever so much for uh, bringing us up to date with everything that's going on in uh, Latin America, and uh, hopefully we can do the same uh, next week. Thank you very much indeed, John. No problem. Take care, Martin. Good man. Uh, John Bonfidio.